People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. This is the Greg Belveridge Show. Well, as you just heard on uh, Kello News, the uh, uh, compromise carbon capture pipeline bill has passed the Senate. It's now on its way to the House. We were talking about this issue the other day. And so we reached out to Representative John Mills of Brookings, and he joins us on the line this morning. Uh, John, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's nice to talk to you. Hey, good morning, Greg. It's a privilege to talk with you. Well, thank you. Um, where do we start Let's uh, with this compromise bill? Um, I know this has just happened uh, fairly recently. You likely haven't had a chance to really look at this yet. Um, where is this going to go from here, do you think, in the House of Representatives? Well, that that's a question I, I don't know. I think the, uh, it is likely to go to the uh, Commerce and Energy Committee, um, and then we'll we'll see what happens to it there. I I guess I would start. I you know I heard the word compromise in that uh, news clip, and and you said it as well. And and that word right away just uh, makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up because what are we talking about compromising here? We're talking about our rights, Greg. Which is a great point. You've been pretty vocal about those because you had a piece at uh, that ran at the Dakota Scout on this issue of CO2 pipelines this week. And right. you talked about the fact that you've looked into this for the last couple of years and you make the case as to why we don't want this. Why do you say that? Well, I think from top to bottom, this is just complete foolishness. You know, it starts at the federal government where they're spending money they don't have to force something on us that we don't need. I mean, that's the foundation that we're laying this whole thing on. You know, it's all part of the, I think they called it the Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, but to me it should be called the Inflation Induction Act. Uh, because that's uh, what it's done for us is ratchet up inflation. And that's the source of the money, the tax credits that are so lucrative that they're, the companies, Summit being the only one left in South Dakota now, is just doing everything they can to convince us this is wonderful when, in fact, it will be uh, <laughs> terrible for us. And and talk about this. What do you think that this does then to property rights, landowner rights here in South Dakota? Well, they've just been trampled on. And, and like I say, this, this idea of a compromise, I mean, basically what these compromise bills are, are trying to do is, you know, hand the property owners some crumbs in exchange for, you know, taking their property against their will. I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. It, it goes against the very essence of uh, America. Our Constitution protects our property rights. So does our state Constitution. And to, to suggest that we have to compromise for something, you know, there. I mean, there's a legitimate use for eminent domain. I want to be clear about that. And for, a, you know, an electric line, a water line, a, a road, a highway that we all use, Absolutely. Legitimate uses for eminent domain. But a carbon capture pipeline, I mean, you don't have one going to your house, and neither do I, and nobody listening to us, Greg, and nobody needs it. Uh, It's just total foolishness to give them eminent domain for this purpose. State Representative John Mills of Brookings is my guest this morning, and we're talking about this, uh, this carbon capture pipeline 
the one of the things that we have heard is that the CO2 pipelines are really important to agriculture. Do you believe that? I, I don't. And, you know, they're, they're using money in every form they can to try to convince and sway people. And they're saying this will increase the, the price of corn. Well, that's based on a carbon index score that is set by some international bureaucrats who can change that score tomorrow and change the price of that ethanol tomorrow if they want to. There are far better options. In fact, I'll just tell you about two real quickly. One is right from South Dakota School of Mines. There was an article, you can find it on uh, STPB, uh, that School of Mines now has a patent-pending process where they took CO2 and turned it into rock, into aggregate. And, and how much better if we did something like that right next to the ethanol plant where you could still get the carbon score if that's really important, but nobody has to deal with a dangerous carbon pipeline. The other one I would mention that would, would do far more for agriculture is if we went to an E30 blend of ethanol. You know, I listened to uh, the Under the Hood show, which also airs on Tello. Enjoy that. And uh, have come to learn that E30 would be better for almost every car. Uh, and my gosh, that would more than double the, the amount of corn that we would need to, uh, you know, run through the ethanol plants. And we'd have just regular supply and demand. Uh, working on that one. And I'll give you one more example of what would be far better for agriculture. And that's a, in Illinois right now, there is a plant about to go online, sits right adjacent to an ethanol plant. It captures the CO2 and it turns it into methane. Methane is basically natural gas that runs through existing pipes that helps heat your home and my home and lots of people's houses. And we don't need a new pipeline to do that. Uh, I mean, this just like I say, this is just total federal foolishness, top to bottom. Representative John Mills of uh, Brookings is my guest this morning, and we're talking about carbon capture pipelines. What's the sense of your colleagues, then, uh, John, as to as to this? What are things that you're hearing? Well, there, there's there's certainly a divide, and uh, and. And why is that, do you think? Help me understand that, because, you know, for me, it's really a fundamental issue, I think, of of local control and people being able then to to address things locally versus state control. Um, what What are you hearing from some of your colleagues then? Well, I I think all of the arguments that, you know, have been circled around, and I know I've heard some of them, uh, you know, that my senator from my own district's on the other side of this issue, Senator Crabtree, and he and I could probably debate this for hours. Um, But I think it it really comes down, the real difference comes down to money. Uh, There is money being thrown at this in every possible way. Uh, And again, it comes from this federal foolishness uh, that's just so damaging to our country. I mean, we're $34 trillion in debt, and this carbon pipeline just puts us further in debt. It, it's just total absurdity. And if we can't push back in South Dakota and say, no, we're not doing that here, we're not going to add to your inflation, we, we're not going to participate in this dangerous idea, there are better alternatives. If we can't do that here, where are we going to do it, Greg? 
It's that's a great question. Uh, State Representative John Mills of Brookings is my guest this morning. And again, I mentioned this piece that you wrote at the Dakota Scout uh, talking about this uh, this pipeline. And you you mention um, what happened in Mississippi, uh, the zombie apocalypse. Um, Some of these stories, in fact. After we talked about this the other day, I had somebody who sent me one of these stories from Mississippi talking about, can you, can you talk about what happened down there? Well, they've had a, a carbon pipeline there for a while that starts in Mississippi and, and then goes over to Louisiana, and it's used for uh, enhanced oil recovery. So they, they take the pipeline, I mean, the, the CO2 from one source in Mississippi, and then they ship it. Uh, compress it. Now this CO2, remember, in order to be liquefied and be able to go through a pipe has to be at extreme pressures uh, uh, up in the 2,000 PSI range. That's more than double any other, anything else we ship through a, a pipe. Uh, anyway, a 20-inch pipe uh, in Mississippi ruptured because they'd had excessive rain and a bank embankment gave way along a river where the pipe was and it ruptured. And as a result of that, it created this massive cloud. They, they isolated a nine-mile section of that pipe by closing valves. It took them 10 minutes to do that. But even after shutting off those valves, that pipe rupture uh, spewed uh, CO2 for four hours. It dug this massive frozen crater because it comes out so cold. It's like dry ice. And then it created this huge cloud that, that drifted far beyond any modeling they had of, of a danger zone for this pipe. Uh, they, the little town of Satarsha, Mississippi, is a mile away from where this rupture occurred, and yet they had to evacuate the entire town. Now it's a tiny town. But they sent over 45, one article said 45, another said 49 people went to the ER. Some of those people were discovered out near the rupture uh, their cars had quit working because the CO2 takes the oxygen out of the air and the cars wouldn't run. And here they were unconscious in their cars and foaming at the mouth. I mean, it's scary if you read it. And I think about, like I said in the article, where this pipe will be in South Dakota uh, and all the highways that will cross and how near it will be to a number of communities. I mean, we don't want this, Greg. Uh, Representative John Mills is is my guest, and uh, he represents. Uh, he's from Brookings and represents that area. Um, we talked about this the other day, and I didn't have a single caller that was in favor of these carbon capture pipelines. And these were landowners who were calling, and they they were concerned because of the lobbyist effort that we see out, you know, that the, that the uh, companies are using on the other side of this, um, there is their message getting out there and being heard in peer. Do you think? Well, there, there are landowners showing up. There were a number of them again yesterday, and I'm encouraging as many as can to just, just, we need a groundswell to push this thing back. Cause as I put in the article, you can look it up. There are 13 paid lobbyists, just for Summit Carbon Solutions in Peter. And these are all high-paid lawyers who know how to talk, who know people, and they're wandering the halls, cornering every legislator every day, 
push in their uh, their potions. Uh, it, it's not good, but the, the people are responding, but boy, we could sure use more of it. That, that's a big reason why I finally felt like I got to, I got to tell people what I know. Well, I certainly not, appreciate, good. well, I certainly appreciate your time. And for those who want to uh, reach out to you or, um, how can they do that? How can they best reach well, you? You know, probably through that legislative email, we're, we're in, uh, I serve on the appropriations committee. We're super busy, but I, I'm skimming through them and, and responding as much as I can. Uh, and that's just my name, John Mills at SDLegislature.com. It on the uh, legislative website if you, if you didn't write it down. <laughs> well, Representative John Mills, my guest this morning, he's from uh, Brookings, represents that area. I know you've got to run. I very, very much appreciate your time and your perspective on this issue. Well, thanks a lot, Greg. It's a it's a pleasure to talk to you. I've, I have the privilege of listening to you from time to time, and always enjoy it. Well, thank you so much. It's, it means a lot to me. I I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Representative John Mills of uh, Brookings. As we talk about the uh, the carbon capture pipelines, and again, a different perspective on what you're hearing um, from Casey Crabtree, who's from that same area. He's from Madison. And Crabtree has uh, been saying, uh, talking about some of the uh, provisions of the uh, bill um, and was talking about some some provisions would require carbon pipeline companies to pay counties on a rate based on the amount of pipeline then that passes through the county. And he said, this is a compromise. That's where that's coming from. Because John had asked about that, that word compromise. That, that's the word, uh, the description by Casey Crabtree. It's compromise. Uh, compromise bill. And he said, this is a compromise, and that means that not everyone will be happy. Well, I think that kind of goes without saying, based on the number of calls that we took the other day. And the feeling of many of the people who were calling the show earlier this week, their perspective was that the difficulty they're having at being hurt, being because you can imagine you're a landowner, you're busy working, and then to be able to reach out to actually go to pier for, and some do, some are able to do that, but a number are not. So being able to contact uh, lawmakers and let your opinion be known is an issue for a number of folks, which is why I really appreciate the time of Representative John Mills this morning to talk about this a little uh, a little bit. Because, again, they're, they're in session, and he had other meetings going on this morning and was kind enough to spend a little bit of time with us. So, again, thanks to him. And... Uh, to you also, I appreciate your reaction. You can drop me an email anytime. Greg.Belfridge at KELO.com is my email address. Greg.Belfridge at KELO.com.